Welcome to the Activist Insight Podcast, a window into the top stories in shareholder activism as told by Activist Insight Monthly. I'm Ilana DeRay, a financial reporter with Activist Insight, and this month, we're asking, can pizza chain Papa John's use the opportunity of an activist engagement to disassociate itself from the negative image created by its founder and former CEO, John Schnatter? What do short sellers look for in the booming world of cannabis stocks? What's next for Hong Kong-based activist investor Argyle Street Management? But first, a look at this year's Intermediary Awards, where Activist Insight ranks the top law and proxy firms of the season. Our cover story highlights these league tables, together with impressions of the past year from the industry's top advisors. Advisors in the shareholder activism space were met with record levels of activity in 2018, leaving the top law firms and proxy solicitors with more representations than ever before. I had the pleasure of talking to a handful of attorneys and proxy solicitors, letting them know they made it to the top of our intermediary rankings for the 2018 season. I'm going to Disneyland. (laughs) What more can I ask for? That's just great. Next year, I'm going for top two. We are we are pleased to represent some of the most active activists and companies. It's important work. During the conversation, I asked them about their impressions for the year. This is what they said. I would look at this year as active, incredibly busy, lots of activity. It was you know sort of at the busier end of what we typically see in the year in terms of the number of of campaigns that we worked on. Exciting, focused. Investors have been very focused on the outcomes of these transactions. Investors have focused on the value to be created. And companies have been focused on articulating their plan and reaching out to their investors. There was um, you know, certainly more of an M&A tinge to, to the campaign. Less mega cap, but still plenty of large cap all over the map. As for some of the most exciting proxy contests of the year, these were the names our top advisors pulled up. We've worked on a number of exciting campaigns this year. Uh, I find every one of our campaigns to be exciting. It's very hard to, to pick one. Um, obviously, one of the ones that, that was a little bit different and, and that got a lot of media attention was Elaine Wynn's successful campaign um, against Women's Resorts. Starboard's campaign at Mellanox was one of the more intriguing ones of, of 2018 just because of so many facets that were involved. We had a number of campaigns for Starboard Value that were very interesting, including the Newell brand campaign and with the participation of Icon and his group. EQT I found interesting. Akamai, there was a whole bunch of them. The Campbell Soup campaign on behalf of Third Point, which has been a very, very interesting discussion of the difference between running a company on behalf of legacy inheritors of of shares in contrast to the public company shareholders. Frankly, I just find each one exciting and different. And, of course, both the lawyers and proxy solicitors had predictions for what we can expect next year. 2019 should be very active. Next year has all the makings of being an incredibly busy year. It's shaping up to be busy yet again. With the volatility in the market, there are a number of companies that may be ripe for an activist situation. Activism continues to go global as foreign jurisdictions are are embracing this wave of shareholder activism and understanding the positive benefits that that activists are bringing to the table. You know, we're, we're sort of 
you know, got to see how the, the M&A market shakes out with what's happening in the market generally with stock prices being driven down. There's going to be an incredible amount of M&A-related activism as we head into 2019, and we're beginning to see that as this year uh, winds down. And uh, I think we should expect it to be quite busy and maybe see some mega caps come back in. Our top three law firms included Olshin from Rolowski, Schulte, Roth, and Zabel, and Vincent and Elkins, with Olshin representing the most activists and Vincent the most issuers. Okapi Partners, Innis Free, and Mackenzie Partners sat at the top of our proxy firm rankings. Okapi represented the most activists and Innis Free the most issuers. Subscribers of Activist Insight Monthly can access the full list of our intermediary rankings in the December issue of the magazine. Hong Kong-based activist investor Argyle Street Management has taken a keen interest in Japan following the archipelago nation's adoption of the stewardship code in 2014 and Prime Minister Shinzo Abe's reforms encouraging shareholders to take a proactive stance with their holdings. Well, for the longest time, there are a lot of companies in Japan that trade at uh, interesting valuation, but they were uh, value-trapped because there's no ability for the minority shareholders to rattle the cage and, you know, release value, so to speak. But with the Abe reforms and the stewardship code, a lot of the uh, companies have become a lot more responsive. That was Argyle's founder and chief investment officer, Kin Chan. He told Activist Insight Monthly that he expects to visit the board and management teams of Japan's Toshiba, Daiichi Life Holdings, and Chofu Seisakusho in the hopes that they will implement his ideas for unlocking shareholder value. That's the thing about Japan now. You know, I mean, I mean, not just small companies like TTK, but, you know, like big companies like Toshiba and Daiichi Life. The senior management is a, is a lot more accessible than, than you would think. Together with a handful of other hedge funds, Argyle successfully lobbied for a share repurchase program at Toshiba after the company sold its chip unit for $19 billion to a consortium led by Bain Capital. The activists also asked Daiichi for a $13.4 billion share buyback, contending the firm's shares were undervalued. At water heater producer Chofu, Argyle demanded new board members and the usual share buybacks. However, Japan is not the only area of interest for the activists, which landed a board seat at the U.S.-based restaurant operator One Group Hospitality. Closer to home, Argyle targeted China Motorbus in January 2017, but the engagement has been slow. The controlling founders are in their 80s and have no succession planning in place. Chan told Activist Insight Monthly the company trades at a discount because management doesn't want to do anything with the cash on its balance sheet. The activist hopes a corporate transaction will materialize, but promise to keep rattling away until then. Pizza chain Papa John's is on a mission to contain the damage caused by its founder John Schnatter, whose use of a racial epithet during a conference call led to his departure as chairman in July. Schnatter, who remains on the board, said the language was used to convey his deep disdain toward racism, but participants on the call found the slur offensive. Activist investor Legion Partners Asset Management and Pension Fund California State Teachers Retirement System are closely watching the firm, while bidders are reportedly sniffing for an opportunity to buy the embattled brand on the cheap. Papa John's has been trying to distance itself from Schnatter ever since he blamed the NFL's handling of the anthem protests for his declining pizza sales. However, that has not been an easy feat considering Schnatter owns 30% of the firm and is the face of the business. Legion told Activist Insight Monthly that it believes customers value the company's high-quality product, adding that Papa John's success may depend less on Schnatter. Nonetheless, the activists acknowledge the need for a strong marketing effort. <laughs> 
Another pressing issue for Papa John's is its corporate governance. With only six board members, including Schnatter, the company needs to bring in new independent voices. Legion and Kelsters have already talked with Papa John's about potential additions. Meanwhile, Tryon Partners and its hamburger chain Wendy's reportedly decided not to pursue a takeover of Papa John's, dealing a blow to the company's share price. Other firms are considering buying parts of the business. Schneider can play an important role in the sale process. He recently asked Papa John's to remove a poison pill so that he can talk with various bidders. It looks like the battle for Papa John's may shortly begin. The cannabis sector is no stranger to short sellers, but this year has been particularly brutal, with 11 new bets against companies that produce and sell cannabis products by November 19th, up from 1 in 2017 and 2 in 2016, according to data from Activist Insight Shorts. Among the four short sellers that participated in the activity this year, Los Angeles-based Citron Research made six bets against companies that grow, produce, and sell cannabis products. Some of the top accusations included fraud and stock bubbles. The sharp increase in cannabis shorts this year can be explained by budding investment in the sector following the recent legalization of weed in Canada and 10 U.S. states, including Massachusetts and California. When discussing the current state of the cannabis stock market, Citron's founder Andrew Left told activists in St. Monthly that short sellers have got to be patient on these things and they will get paid. Indeed, the short seller gained 57% in its bet against Canada-based Namaste Technologies. Citron accused the vaporizer manufacturer of falsely claiming that it will obtain a listing on the Nasdaq stock market, in addition to its current over-the-counter listing. Only 12 cannabis companies are currently listed on the Nasdaq. However, Citron has also experienced some losses in the cannabis sector. Its bet against Tilray produced a 54% loss after the short seller compared the cannabis stock rally to that of Bitcoin, deeming it a retail bubble that is more ridiculous than the cryptocurrency hype. Nonetheless, Left is convinced the company's stock will tumble once the market begins to provide new options. And now, for a couple of stories that didn't make it into the magazine. Campbell Soup ended its beef with activist investor Third Point Partners. Following months of bitter scrapping, the parties reached a settlement days before a vote was scheduled. Campbell agreed to grant Third Point two board seats, as well as two meetings with the board and with the CEO within the next 12 months. In addition, the activists will have a say on a third director and Campbell's next chief executive. Interim CEO Keith McLaughlin said he doesn't want the job and made no impression to the contrary during the fight. The Activist Inside podcast understands. In connection with the settlement, Third Point agreed to a 12-month standstill and certain support commitments. Each side will pay its own expenses, estimated at some $17 million even before litigation began. We will continue to maintain an active and productive dialogue with all our shareholders, including Third Point, as we execute our strategic plan and build a stronger and more focused company that creates long-term value for shareholders, McLaughlin said in a statement. Dan Loeb's hedge fund, which pushed for a sale of the firm, initially sought to replace the full 12-person board, but eventually reduced its number of candidates to five. Neither its employee nominees nor prospective interim CEO Bill Toller made it into the boardroom. With the addition of Third Point's nominees to the board, the number of directors will expand from 12 to 14. Loeb said his firm looks forward to working collaboratively with Campbell to improve value for all shareholders. In other news, United Technologies announced plans to separate into three companies, succumbing to a demand made by activist investors, third-point partners, and Pershing Square Capital Management. 
The breakup plan came hours after the company received the green light from China to complete its acquisition of Rockwell Collins. The Chinese authorities approved the deal on the condition that UTC will divest some assets. United Technology said it will split its elevator business Otis and refrigeration division into two standalone entities. Meanwhile, the original company will house Collins Aerospace and Pratt & Whitney, focusing on the high-growth commercial aerospace and defense industry. The move marks a victory for Pershing Square and Third Point. In November, Pershing Square's founder, Bill Ackman, said on a conference call that he believed United Technologies was on track to separate, noting a majority of shareholders would value a focused business. Third Point's Dan Loeb said in May that a separation would create $20 billion in shareholder value. Loeb also said at the time that he started a dialogue with management over its weak performance and the inherent disadvantages of operating as a conglomerate. Yet with the breakup forecast to be costlier and take longer than the activists anticipated, there could still be room for disagreements with boss Greg Hayes. That's all for this month's episode of the Activist Insight Podcast. If you like what you hear or want to read more, you can subscribe to Activist Insight Monthly by emailing subscriptions at activistinsight.com. For comments or questions about the podcast, or if you want to suggest a topic for discussion on a future episode, please email press at activistinsight.com. Please do rate and review the podcast on whichever platform you are using to help others access our reporting. I'm Ilana Duray. Thanks for listening. <laughs>